I am John. I'm Arvin. And this is behind the scenes of our best days. And um, this is season two. We really, right. really are enjoying it. We love it. Thank you guys f- who are tuning in, listening, yeah. watching. For those of you who do not know, um, the, the whole reason of this, we and I, I feel like a broken record, but I feel like after season two, we will no longer have to say this. People will Hopefully. just yeah. not care. Sure. Um, but basically, and <laughs> <laughs> any service. Victory has a confession, and within the confession it says... It says, uh, my best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. So we thought we are living in our best days. We had a cool merch shirt this last conference, which we'll explain what all that is. Um, But on the back it said, these are my best days. So we are living our best days, uh, pursuing our best days. God's leading us to them, but... They have the behind the scenes. Big butt. Big old butt here with behind the scenes. What is it like? My question my whole life, the impetus for this podcast was, uh, what's it like to be there? What does victory smell like? What does it l- not smell literally, metaphorically? What's it like? The ethos, really, of victory. Ethos, yeah, the what's culture. What's it like it. to be here? So, yeah. So we started, but you know, we started talking about, all right, so behind, behind doors, the unique thing about a ministry is, this is a setup. But um, <laughs> the ministry is a setup. No. <laughs> okay. The unique thing about, um, you know, with Victory, with it being a camp, a Bible college, a school, yeah. a church, and then a dream center, it's also a business. Right. And so what's, what is, gets unique is having to balance between, if you're an employee here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not only is Pastor Paul your pastor, he's your boss. Right. And not just Pastor Paul, but any of the, we call our department, department heads, heads, basically, we sure. call them lead servants. Yeah. So lead servants, that, that's mm-hmm. another thing that's kind of an ethos of victory. Sure. They're not called department heads. They're For called servants. lead servants. Lead and they servants. have yeah. lead servant meetings and all that yeah. type of stuff. Anyone from the outside is like, huh? Yeah. What is a lead servant? Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. Because yeah. <laughs> we lead by. <laughs> I want to meet the guy who is like. What's a lead? <laughs> like with and you go, time. really? It's just the words. We, we lead by serving. That was the gap I was supposed to fill. So. Yes. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> we also don't take sick days. We take healing days. We take healing days and at we Victory. We don't have retreats. We have advances. Advances. Did, did you guys get that? Okay, so basically, because yeah. of this whole, like, our Victory Confession is all about you can't live a positive life with a negative mouth. So that... Like for the last 40 years, mm-hmm. that has been a thing to where when you're working here, you go, oh, mm-hmm. I have three or four healing days left. Right. If you are out in public and you say that, people go, huh? <laughs> are you going to a spa? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. Like, what is a that? But day. I want a healing day. That's just yeah. that's part of our term. That's like a vocabulary that For we use sure. because we yeah. believe in the power of our words. Another yeah. thing um, is what was the other thing you just said? Um, not retreats, but advances. Yeah. So we don't have a staff retreat. All staff retreat we have a staff advance so when we (laughs) we, because we don't retreat we advance that's right yeah so i know it sounds silly but it is unique whenever someone who is new to victory the things that they experience they go wait Mm -hmm. i just got an email about this all staff advance that i'm supposed to be at and it's out at camp victory right what is that Mm -hmm. and i go well well in a regular world, that's mm-hmm. like a staff retreat. And they go, oh, mm-hmm. why is it called an advance? Because we don't retreat. <laughs> and then sheepishly, not even sheepishly, yeah. not even bashfully, I go, because we don't retreat. <laughs> 
and they go, ah. And then you take off sprinting. I take off yeah. sp- and they put their dentures back <laughs> in. Because <laughs> their teeth fall out after I yell at them. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's people on staff with dentures, but we love them. We love them and all. I yeah. yeah, and I could have some also. <laughs> Anyways, all right. What are we talking about? Let's get back on track. Yeah. So because of that, within um, HR meetings, there are people that get hired and fired here, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like in every other church. Totally. So what's unique is... One thing that we have an administrative pastor, Pastor Daniel Henshaw, and mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. has said within any type of hiring, firing, or talking to someone that just needs like a mm-hmm. checkup from the neck up. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like an attitude check, praise right. the Lord. Right. Someone who's just not flowing with the culture mm-hmm. of victory. Yeah. With before going into that, instead of the approach of um, all right. I need to dot the I's, cross the T's. Mm-hmm. I need to beat around the bush, and hopefully they pick up what I'm putting down. Yeah, hopefully yeah. they smell what smell I'm what stepping I'm in. Cooking. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that thing in is better. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, instead of that, it is the approach that Daniel, who's over our administrative pastors, and he has a lot of those conversations, mm-hmm. like that's his job, Yeah, um, is he always asks, I don't want to miss the ministry opportunity. Yeah. Which is unique because especially if someone is being let go, like to ask yourself, Mm -hmm. if you are going to have this conversation and you go, what is the ministry opportunity here? Mm -hmm. That is a bold pill to swallow because you also have to use social awareness because this person's like, you're letting me go. Mm -hmm. And it's, but, (laughs) but it's the step of Mm -hmm. victory is very grace and truth. So we believe in this is the truth. Right. So like, let's just say this is an example. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this has happened. It may may have happened, but like, let's say there is someone who is leading worship on stage Mm -hmm. and there has been a, uh, there has been something that is not lined up with the victory culture or principles in their life. Basically, uh, well, and and it's different with every case, but you don't fire them, but you kind of, this is what you say we are going to have a restoration process. Mm-hmm. You're not just being fired. Mm-hmm. This is grace and truth. So this is truth. These are facts. Yeah. These are things from your lead servant, like yeah. your department head. These mm-hmm. are things from other people. Mm-hmm. Like here's a list of truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then this is the truth that victory is. Our grace is we're not going to fire you. Yeah. There is going to be a restoration process. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there is an incident where Mm -hmm. someone does need to be let go. Mm -hmm. And when they're let go, having the awareness to be like, hey, not only are we a business, but Mm -hmm. there's another pathway that's ministry to where now these people, they literally, okay, so the people that get let go, they're like, because if you work here, you attend attend and you are a member at Victory. So the unique conversation is, do I leave Victory Church? Mm. Like, can yeah. I sit in a service mm-hmm. and hear from Pastor Paul Doherty right. after I've been let go yeah. and not be bitter and spread toxic things about my sure. pastor sure, yeah. because I was let go because of poor for performance mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. certain things that maybe have just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it could just been of like literally financial downsizing type mm-hmm. of a thing. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, this applies, I think, to everybody who... When you talk to most people and they are talking to you about their friendships, their relationships, their past, whatever, most people don't have an internal Daniel Henshaw. And they should. They need like each person individually needs to have an internal um, 
structure for how you decide who gets what amount of access to your soul in your life. Like I was talking with our um, two of our fellow staff members, friends of ours, um, Sam and Cody, and we were talking about how they divvy up their emotional energy through the day and energy budgets. And that whole concept was so foreign when I was growing up. But if you're going to succeed in a ministry, I think you need to be mindful of that. And so an internal structure around, okay, so I, there are people who go to victory, thousands of them, and I'm happy to speak with any of them. Not every single person who becomes a member here is immediately a member of my best friend group. That's not because they shouldn't be. It's just because I'm a human being and I have only so much bandwidth and memory within my own, you know. Yeah. So there's like a structure out of, and I think God really should be the, the boss of this, sort of the Pastor Paul in this situation, if we're speaking metaphorically. But all that to say, there's a way to do it in a healthy manner um, as a leader who may be listening to this, but also as an individual person who's like, well, I'm not the leader of a church. I'm not on staff at a church, but you're leading yourself. You have your own life. You have your own behind the scenes of your own best days. And so hopefully you're attentive or this podcast might spark really something good. initially like what what are the standards and boundaries I have for the people who get to hear my side of every story that I have in my life? Is it everybody? Are you on social media? Just that's kind of what's happened by default is are everybody you just, just kind of gets out and everyone has that person or is that person who uh, <laughs> who yeah. is just like you want they're like hey can we go to co i have a friend in the past who hey let's go to coffee oh i love it let's go we go there we're sitting down for two hours and i'm hearing every detail about everything that's happening and then at the end of that time i'm like so what sort of direction do you want it to go and they go i don't know it's you know this that the other so it's complaining for two hours <laughs> then like a month later yeah. hey let's talk again let's go get coffee absolutely and then do it again and do it again and do it again and so you find yourself like oh this person has like enjoys the attention they get for things being wrong in their life so they have to in order to continue feeling that dopamine of like they have to have things going on so they have to collect an injustice everywhere they go they have to whoa collecting injustices yeah, that's the thing from uh lorne michaels said that where some people the writer he's basically a producer of saturday night live uh, portlandia they, yeah every funny Smart tv guy. show yeah very very brilliant dude yeah started saturday night live but yeah it, so it collecting like injustices church. absolutely Ooh. he was talking about how there were cast members who um, would or wouldn't get their script onto this show that week. And then there was one cast member in particular who every week was complaining why theirs didn't get on the show. And finally, um, after so many years of trying, she was let go. And uh, they interviewed Lorne about it years later for this massive book called Live from New York. It's really good. Um, and Lorne said very kindly and gently, he goes, some people just go through life collecting injustice. Wow. They just, they're, Whoa. So that's essentially a one sentence description of uh, what a victim mentality really is, which mm. is why the verbiage of the confession and all staff advances. Or, that's why that's so important. It's, it's uh, funny at first to be like, oh, yeah, what do you mean? What, why do you call it a healing day? Um, but the verbiage you use around your organization, yourself, your life, you being your own organization uh, really matters. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. And mm -hmm. that goes back to the language that the executive um, pastor, Daniel mm -hmm. Hinshaw, who's like, yeah. this is a ministry moment. Right. This is not you being mm -hmm. reprimanded. This mm -hmm. is a ministry moment. Yeah. But it's up to them to receive the ministry. Right. That's true. So it's really up to you. So like, it's it's funny. Basically, today we're basic. We're talking about 
things that on the surface may look funny, mm-hmm. weird, sure. or, or a funny way to say it, but there's meanings behind it Big time. that yeah. are much more stronger than just something silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was, um, there, there was a thing that, uh, that Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 27, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Mm, wow. That's how you show you're wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected, no matter what you're facing. Mm. So basically, at times, saying how you really feel is not always in your best interest. Right. In a world that's like, what do you feel? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Right. The, <laughs> the, other, the other thing that you talked about, an internal, mm. an internal Daniel Henshaw to, to talk to yourself. Sorry, yeah. you may feel like we're on so many different rabbit trails, but I promise there's one leading to the big wolf. That's right. So, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that means, but we'll get there. Yeah. But a, a healthy, like a weekly evaluation. Yeah. Second Corinthians three fifteen. It says, "Examine yourselves mm-hmm. to see whether you are in the faith. Yeah. Test yourselves." Yeah. Because so many times, like life just happens. Yeah. Totally understandable. Sure. And I just forget. We just forget to examine ourselves and yeah. to test ourselves. Like, wait, are yeah. we in the faith? Yeah. Or are we in the flesh? Yeah. Are we in our yeah. feels? Yeah. But um, no, that's really good. Another thing that is unique that sounds silly is um, like, uh, so I grew up, my mom and dad were always in these big prayer meetings and Mm -hmm. there would be people that would stand up and they would say, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) And they would prophesy, Yeah, prophesy. (laughs) And literally, I remember being in meetings and my dad would go, that's not right. Yeah. Or my mom would go disregard what she said. Yeah. Like from stage. Mm-hmm. It was so awkward <laughs> to the point to where I was I would cringe, but I would also wait for it because it was kind of funny. <laughs> and then there were some people that would stand up and they would say things. Sure. You know, um, and so like prophecies was another thing to where I was like in today's modern church world where some people on the outside would label victory a mega church. Sure. Is there it, like, do prophecies happen? We call them parking lot prophecies, That's right? <laughs> parking lot prophecies is when people, they go, I have a word for you in the parking lot while you're walking to your car. <laughs> this is the thing that happens weekly at victory <laughs> parking lot. Prophet. I, I, I've met people. I've worn a victory shirt. Yeah. I was walking out of Ross dress for less. Absolutely. Shout out. Yeah. Sponsor us, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and with my kids, someone was like, you go to victory. I have a word and just prophesied over me. <laughs> and so anyways, that's another term that is kind of funny, like the parking lot prophecies. Yeah. But one thing that I learned from my mom and dad, and one thing is that we always test it with the word of God right? to where we go, okay, is this person talking out of their booty mm-hmm. or like, does this line up with the word of God? Has mm-hmm. God spoken this to me or is right. it just them? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, there's a bunch of different. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of different things. That is an example of, like, mm-hmm. words spoken here, yeah. ethos at victory. Yeah. But then also the why behind things of like, mm-hmm. you know, in certain services, if someone prophesies, mm-hmm. you know, especially if someone is a seeker, is yeah. what churches in the '90s and early 2000s would call a seeker. Yeah. Someone who's trying out church, and so they're like, "Hey, let's do a Coldplay song for offering." Right, right. To connect with them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not saying anyone, but no, sure. But when that person is in the room, and then all of a sudden they experience a prophecy, right? You know, 
it's like, do we shut it down mm. because it's a disturbance? But the unique thing about Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley is that there's been times where the word was good mm. and people just got to experience something supernatural. Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't, yeah. you can't fit a victory service in a shoebox and be sure. like, this is how we do things. Right, right, right. I mean, yes, to, to an excellence factor there sure. is, yeah. but yeah. anyway, I just burped on the microphone, <laughs> but <laughs> behind the scenes of our burp days. Right. Um, <laughs> do you think that's still the, one of the main methods God uses to speak to people prophetically because I got turned off from the word prophecy big time when I was growing up. Right. Because we grew up with, in crazy Christian era. In parking lots being like just told things that you're like, that's not, you know, I don't know about that. And so I remember just taking a very deep, a, a, a position of hesitance and my default approach to every sort of anyone who would use the word prophet, I would be very careful about. Yes. And uh, I got into a conversation with, a lady about a year ago who's a self-proclaimed prophetess oh self-proclaimed prophets sure, love those for sure and i was trying to gently explain to her why that verbiage probably won't serve her mission very well i'm like if you want to be close to people the average person millennial gen z what's the new one alpha or alpha, alpha generation yeah alpha generation um they're not going to respond well to this because it's been abused so much. People have stood up and felt like because they're having an, maybe and not, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of like you're feeling something emotionally. So you stand up and you start to talk like I wonder now what is the, the actual way God uses. I'm not saying he doesn't do that. I would not. Yeah. Never yeah. Say that, I mean, it's also. Know. Yeah. I feel like how certain things were abused in the early 2000s and 90s and 80s, yeah. like um, prosperity. Yeah. Prosperity is mm -hmm. something that is, we have it because it's linked with faith and it's not about us receiving the promise. It's about us getting to know the promise keeper. Right, right. Yeah, or the promise giver, yeah. basically, yeah. which yeah. is God, right. Jesus Christ, our yeah. personal Lord and Savior. So anyways, there is this jaded mm -hmm. generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. A jaded nation, um, <laughs> That's a jaded generation of people. If you start preaching about God wanting to bless your life, they're Be like, yeah, it's just a bunch of sure. they suck on their teeth. Like, man, 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 man. Yeah. And and so I'm like, I do believe mm. that it, it is so unique. The same thing with the word prophecies, with the word of like, yeah. Um, speaking by faith and not really yeah. always sharing your feelings, but also the people who are like, well, if you are battling cancer, you can't say I'm blessed and highly favored. Like, let me know that you're battling with cancer right? so that I can pray with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, I believe that we are in the most aware gener like yeah. that, that we are. Totally. This is where you invite the Holy Spirit. Right. For you as an individual. Right, right. I feel like just because someone is doing something yeah. or just because someone says something to you, yeah. it, it says it, it's a prophecy, you can't take it for gospel. Yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. I'm really glad you brought the parallel up because I've always understood the idea of prosperity. When someone turns it into a financial thing only, that's an incomplete definition because even that scripture says, I pray that you'd prosper as your soul prospers. Yeah, So, you know, these good. people... And, you know, since then, some of them have even stepped out. So it's, it's OK to talk about it where they've been like, yeah, look, I, I got it wrong. I was way too focused on 
uh, staying at a five-star hotel versus like the people that I'm interacting with and all that kind of stuff. So if it was an incomplete definition of prosperity, perhaps we have an incomplete definition of prophecy as well. Oh yeah. Okay. So I was someone who was turned off to prophecy, mm-hmm. like just that whole term. Cause I was like mm-hmm. a, a, a prophet. Like, I feel like that's uh, in the yeah. Bible and is it for today? Right. So anyways, but with my, <laughs> there is, there was a woman from Latvia who was uh, in our Bible college mm-hmm. and she did a work study within mm-hmm. um, our facilities department mm-hmm. and very strong accent and was very bold and would prophesy to people as mm-hmm. from you yeah. know, like she would be sweeping the stairway hmm. and she would go, I have a word for you. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just point finger in face. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I would go, uh, okay. <laughs> and because, you know, yeah, I work at victory. I want to, I want to be kind and totally. I want to, but I used to shut it off. Mm-hmm. She, she prophesied all three of my kids, what gender they were going to be. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> we, we didn't stop recording. We didn't stop recording. That That's was like fascinating. It was yeah. what, to the point to where when she said my third kid, which so my daughter, um, we I, we were in this really really rough situation. Me and my wife, and this is a whole another story for another day. But we were actually went to jail for being falsely accused of not reporting a rape in the youth ministry. Yeah. yeah, I told you guys, we can jump off the deep end super quick in, <laughs> in this podcast. But it was really wild. Um, but all of it came out that we were not guilty. Uh, but whenever we were first um, accused of it, we got taken to jail, right. me and my me and my wife at the time. And yeah. so yeah. We, we got taken to jail. You know, we had to be released from victory. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. We weren't accepting paychecks. And I was literally being like, and my lawyer was like, if, if we, I believe you are innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and he said, if, if things don't work out well, you'll never be able to work in a ministry again. Wow. And so I'm faced with this and I'm terrified. And yeah. we, I, we've been married now for three and a half, four years. And mm-hmm. we were youth pastors. And I was like, man, I, you know, mm-hmm. all, so I start filling out resumes to Arby's, yeah. um, to Sun and Ski Sports, because nice. I was like, well, at least I can sell Chacos. <laughs> like at that, yeah. <laughs> that time, big camper guy, <laughs> big granola guy back then. Mm. Um, but I, I actually wasn't allowed on church property mm-hmm. for nine weeks. Yeah. I could do, I could go to church on Sundays, but I wasn't allowed on property. Yeah. For nine weeks. Thank God we were redeemed. You know, all the charges were dropped. It turned out it was a fabrication. It was a lie. It was all this stuff. Yeah. But um, within that process, I was in such a deep, low state. And Mm. I, on a Sunday, um, I just walked up to my office just to at my old office thinking yeah. I don't know if I'll ever work here again yeah. and it's Sunday I'm on, I just to like reminisce as I'm walking up this woman points at me she goes you're going through hell on earth mm. but God is going to birth a miracle and it's going to be a girl wow we got pregnant mm. during that hiatus it was wow. like <laughs> <laughs> and it was a girl Blythe amazing and amazing. then with and then and yeah. then it was like at, right after we had the girl 
she was like, you want a boy and mm. you're going to have a boy. And I see brown hair with curls. Mm. And I had Jude. Yeah. By the second time. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> is, <laughs> but after that, I was I. I was so mind blown mm. that on the third on the third one, she goes, I have a word for you. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like, I just knew she was going to say it was going to happen. And so she was like, you're going to have another boy. Wow. And that was it. She didn't say the name or sure. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. I went home. Yeah. And I told I told my mm. wife at the time. And then uh literally like two weeks later she was like i'm pregnant oh and i was like it's i i was like i think it's a boy because this yeah. woman from latvia in a stairwell prophecies i was like so those things changed my mind to where i was like yeah. man god really does not abide by our laws totally. yeah. and so whenever you're like does god still speak God speaks to me every mm -hmm. time I drive by this really beautiful casino over here. Mm -hmm. I don't gamble. I don't go to Same. the casino. Yeah. But when I see it, I see how beautiful it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm inspired by the lights, the colors, sure. the cool things. Yeah. There's nothing in me that wants to go gamble. Same. I know that people are like, casinos are bad. They ruin people's lives. God uses it to inspire me. Right. God uses movies and music totally. and driving and totally. and that's not the Bible. Now right. I read the Bible. I base of everything course. off of the Bible. Yes, right. But I have felt God speak to me yeah. while I was in a car wash uh -huh. watching the direction of yeah. so I feel like watching the direction of the wipers. It was yeah. so weird. Sure. I was like <gasps> yeah. it was like a yeah. revelation moment. I, yeah. my mind was just empty. I wasn't thinking about anything. Yeah. So I really feel like regardless mm -hmm. god is going to do what he wants to do totally in the bible balaam's donkey god spoke through an ass and he still does today am i right <laughs> that's right just kidding here we are <laughs> here we are <laughs> us guys new name for the podcast <laughs> oh the only reason i said that is because it's in the bible it so the bible. Yeah. yeah yeah anyways yeah you can email the kjv if you're upset about <laughs> the kjv yeah that's king right. james yeah no, it's true. It's it was a complete uh, definition of prophecy would include all the ways God speaks to us. That's why I ask because I think, yeah, He'll do a sunset. Uh, I have a really pretty drive to work in the morning, and I I try to dial in. Sometimes I'll wow. turn off music and just go like, "What's up? What are you talking about?" And sometimes I'm I'm not I'm very careful whenever I say I think God said this or that. I'm very careful when with you it. talk to other people. One hundred percent. Okay, Absolutely. so say that again. Yeah, I'm very Real quick. very very careful uh, when I speak to anybody using thus saith the Lord. In other words, I never say thus saith the Lord, but saying like, I feel as though God said this or that. I always wait like probably a year or two before I, and even still I have that precursor where I go, by the way, I say it confidently now because at the time I just felt like thoughts. That's wisdom. I think it's because I in the past <laughs> have made the mistake of being like, I think I feel God saying something in prayer. And then I actively go use that to tell, I would tweet it out. And I remember early in college, I started getting a lot of retweets and likes on stuff. I'm like, And I wasn't like your daily prophecy for the day, but I would just have little spiritual snippets and stuff. And after a while, I say it confidently now because I feel like it's been years and I, I know the Lord was sharing this with me. It was like, hey, uh, you're turning me into like a celebrity that mm. you... You want a picture with me? You want a little revelational word? You pimp word? me out. Yeah, and then you go talk about it. So you flip the gift on your life 
and you use your relationship with me as leverage to get attention from people that I'm not even calling you to really know. Like, what's the goal here? And understanding mm. that it, 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 instead of I should be throwing my focus and attention into being intimate with the Lord privately, I was like, God, I want to spend some private. The same way that, like, you know, DiCaprio and them are in town filming uh, Killers of the Flower Moon for Netflix, I think. And so there are sightings of Leonardo DiCaprio all over town. If I ran up to him, I would never do this. If I ran up to him and was like, hey, can I get a picture? Can I get I would post that picture. People would like it. And I'd have that nice little feeling inside. Before, like, you know what I mean? People like, know that people I know have that a picture I mean. with right. Leonardo. And yeah. Leonardo is like, dude, I didn't even learn your name. Right. Not exactly. that. He, no, sure. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Continue so, on that. But we turn uh, a lot of abuses and incomplete definitions of prophecy and prosperity were like, I'm just going to, God's my calling card to attention. Wait a second. You don't mean like putting a scripture in your bio and then like a shirtless picture of you at the beach, right? <laughs> right. No. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. just making sure <laughs> I'm being facetious. So of course, uh, I'm saying like leveraging and I, here's what scares me. When I look at, uh, younger people, I wonder, is anyone telling them the difference between your intimate private life with God versus how well people know whether or not you're close to God. Mm. Like they're probably only aware of 20% of what is your life is like. The other 80% is mostly just a collection of small interactions throughout the day, driving to and from places, the barista, the friend here, whatever coworkers, that's like 80% of it. And if you're focusing all your energy into the 20% that's being perceived by people around you, boy, are your 20s going to be rough. Yeah. Because you're going to get to a spot where you're like, no one knows me, and I, that would be fine if, unless it involves me. I don't know me. And you got to figure that out finally. Hopefully everyone gets to do that. So to summarize and conclude without rambling too much, the point I'm trying to make is the way that God speaks today, I think he definitely speaks. I think he speaks differently than we got used to. Only Ooh, because that's good. Were, he was saying, that was a vehicle. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily want people to keep associating me with this. And I want to get away from the, the little Arvins who uh, want to leverage their relationship with me to get likes and retweets and get attention and feel good about themselves. I'll speak to people. And now that's the majority of the time, the way that God speaks to me, I no one hears about it. And the reality is that it's very special to me in that moment. I'll write it down. I'll think about it. If it ever comes up in conversation, it'll only be because hopefully the Holy Spirit's saying now is the time to share this. Like not every room you walk into, especially in a ministry context, is uh, a room where you're supposed to happen to that room. Say that again, because I have been guilty of this. So have I. Absolutely. Where you're, you're, you feel the pressure of, I, I'm convinced I have nothing to offer the people in this room besides... Uh, the gift of God on my life. And so I'm just going to make sure that everywhere I go, I exhibit my gift so that they see the thing that I find value and worth in. So let's say a creative meeting. We just had a creative sure. meeting about an event we're doing in February. Sure, sure. You didn't talk. No, I was just observing. I felt like I happened. <laughs> well, a lot was happening, you know? And and that's, that's knowing, especially in an in a environment like that, it's like, what is supposed to happen in this room? Is there a God-given event for this meeting? And that's the first thing I happen in every meeting or every coffee meeting or every time that we work on a production. It's, Holy Spirit, what are you hoping to make happen? 
Yeah. The sooner I get the sails of my soul in alignment with that, then the wind of God's Holy Spirit, not to use poetic verbiage, but then God's desires can actually come true. Yeah. And yeah. I'm being pushed by his momentum as opposed to being like, well, let me, wh what do I want to happen? I want to be the star of this. I want attention. I want to feel applauded. And I want, so let me just throw stuff out there and here's my gift and that. And it's like, man, you do have a gift. There are a lot of people who talk and you're like, man, that person has a gift. That wasn't the time. That yeah. wasn't the context. Wait, you mean gifting has to learn timing? Absolutely. All right. Gifting has to learn timing. Yeah. No, I yeah. I mean, so no, right. we started on verbiage <laughs> sure. that's utilized around victory. Mm -hmm. And then the heart behind that verbiage of yeah. why we say what we say. Yeah, definitely. And then we ended with like, yeah, like the whole thing of letting the Holy Spirit talk to you yeah. and some of the greatest that Arvin actually said this, man, I think you said this around Easter mm -hmm. and you said some of the greatest revelations you'll get from God. No one will ever know about. Right, right, right. Yeah. And if they do, that's when you know you're pimping him out. Right, right. If you're using it for attention, if you're using it to, to you know, that came from a place of like, Maritally speaking, the most intimate thing that a husband and wife do, no one should probably see that. Yes. We see the evidence. You, you see kids, kids running around. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. But if I, this, I have to be very careful. I'm not trying to be crude, but I feel like this is the thing yeah, that happens talk about a lot it. that I need to be careful about too. If uh, uh, not so anyone we know, if an undisclosed Jane and John Doe, husband and wife, if they are trying to gain attention by filming their most intimate acts that's no longer intimate it's pornography and so that's the spiritual really equivalent of that is let me have an intimate private time with god but Film make it. sure you see it make sure so you that see I it get attention so it's spiritual pornography spiritual only fans basically that is deep I bro think that is a really dangerous thing for the next 20 to 30 years where everybody's got a camera on them a really nice so one. it's like they film and take pictures of themselves worshiping sure. and all right. which which isn't bad right we, we sure. have a i'm a photographer for right. our church i take pictures of people worshiping totally and people definitely side eye me for it <laughs> but i think you know your heart mm -hmm. you know your motive right so it goes back to that scripture in second corinthians mm -hmm. examine yourself totally which is why the enemy throws in those bad motives, because hearing God's voice is going to be so it's always been important. But in the next 20, 30 years, look at the world like it's going to be ever more important. Wow. So to get people turned off from hearing the voice of God by having some weird, poorly motivated people coming out, pornographically presenting the voice of God, you're, no one's going to want to stick around for that. Yeah. A lot of people have already bailed on the Christian faith for that reason. I do think because we're going to have more people uh, who have a complete understanding of what it means to be prophetic, meaning that they don't even use that word anymore, they simply share what God has put on their heart to share, there will be more people who will be operating in the prophetic without knowing that's what it is. And yeah. Because they're, they're not interested in... They're not interested in labeling their gift. Right, right, exactly. They're just interested in saying like, man... I was reading and this is what God spoke to me. Yeah, it's pure. And then it's pure. Mm -hmm. And then someone on the outside could mm -hmm. go, whoa, that was prophetic. Mm -hmm. As right. opposed to you saying yeah. that this yeah, is yeah, prophetic. Yeah. Absolutely. A few years ago, uh, Dr. Rutland was, was former president of ORU where I went to college, where both of us went to college. Um, 
he was talking about a young guy who came up and was about to do a song for the offering and he goes hi uh, he has his guitar in his hand this and he goes uh this is a song that the lord gave me and then uh yeah and years and then later, he plays wonderwall <laughs> fireflies he goes Fire. And years later, Dr. Rutherford was talking about it elsewhere, and he goes, you know, a young guy said this, and I wanted to say, honestly, just sing your song. We'll let you know if God gave it to you. That's good. Like, we'll, so we'll so break know. that down, what that means. Basically, operate in what God's called you to do from a place of security, knowing who you are in him. God will let the right people know. God knows where to find you. If your gift is supposed to be exhibited before people, that's really good. I'm actually going to put that in a calendar alert. God knows where to find you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I've been saying a lot this year as I'm exiting my twenties, which is interesting. A lot of guys entering their twenties. I'm not a mentor by any means, but they're like, Hey, what are some things you wish you would have skipped in your twenties? And one of them is, Pretending that God doesn't know where to find me. So let me make sure I'm on the forefront of everybody who loves God. Let me make sure that I'm on their mind with my spiritual gifting. As opposed to nowadays, I had coffee with a young guy the other day. We were talking about it, and I just kept repeating that. Like, if it's ever supposed to, you know, even the fact this this podcast, the fact that I get to work with you, it came after that realization in my mid-20s. I was like, God knows where to find you. You don't have to tell people what God said to you. But wait a second. So you have all this because within ministry, sometimes what is hard is like we have to market. I see this church doing this on Instagram and this church doing this on Snapchat and this church doing this on TikTok and mm-hmm. this church doing this on Facebook and on sure. TV and all these sure. types of things. And and so we have to do those things. Then you're no longer basically it's like, well, why are you doing those things? Well, so that more people will come to know Jesus or you. Mm, wow. Yeah. And you have to then ask that question. Yeah. And then you have to go, yes, marketing yourself, making sure everyone knows about your book is not sure. bad. Sure. Making sure that everyone knows about right. your album that dropped on Spotify. Sure. All of those things yeah. you have to market. Totally. But you cannot bank your life on mm-hmm. or your mental and emotional health on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what happens after. Right. If you just focus on your gift. I think coming back to that word where you said, God knows where to find you. Mm. And that's how you know if you're operating in faith. Second yeah. Corinthians, examine yourself to see if you are operating in faith. That's good. If you're operating in faith, you examine yourself, which means you're not really worried yeah. about getting this promotion mm-hmm. or making or, or pr- finally preaching after being the assistant pastor. And hopefully the pastor will go on vacation so I can preach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. The one of the guys who is producing this show, Caleb Taranzo, we refer to him a lot. Um, anyways, he made a recap for Victory Conference video. Yeah, it's awesome. And it was so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. And usually we have so many changes and shifts and all these types of things. And there's a lot of opinions usually whenever mm-hmm. we do a recap of sure. a conference, a sure. production or yeah. some type of event. Yeah. There's lots and lots of things, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb just did the video mm-hmm. and then put it in the team's chat. And everyone was like, this is powerful. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. And then we didn't really tell anyone, but then people sure. at church, when it was shown online, when it was shown, people were like, 
who made that? Caleb didn't have to go out there and be like, look what I made. <laughs> a look Caleb what Toronzo I created. Production on the, a Caleb Toronzo production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. God yeah. knows where to find Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so awesome. I hope that you guys leave today um, not collecting injustices. That's good. Um, be wearing a parking lot prophecies. That's good, yes. Um, <laughs> and leaning into the faith that God knows where to find you. Absolutely. Where to find you. We love you guys. Thank you so yeah. much for tuning in to Behind the Scenes. Our best days. We love you. Bye. Bye.